Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Colin. We are in the 11th chapter of uh, the book of Mark. I'd encourage you to, to take a Bible and turn there. Mark's Gospel, uh, chapter 11. I am 53 years old, and I grew up in the church, which means that I've heard this account of what we've come to call Palm Sunday 53 times. Uh, at least. Through those years, it has always been a source of, of wonder to me. Um, different elements of, of the account at different times. For instance, uh, I remember wondering why the donkey, you know, why did Jesus ride anything at all? Uh, but specifically, why a donkey? Um, I remember wondering, why do this whole thing anyway? You know, why make a big spectacle of this? What was it that caused Jesus to do that? Why did the crowd react this way to Jesus on this day, but then very differently just a few days later? You know, why palm branches? Why hosannas? I I remember all that now I realize now that there are either theological or prophetic or or even some cultural answers to those sorts of wonderings about this event. But here's another question I remember thinking about as a little kid with regard to this this account. Did the disciples that Jesus sent to borrow the donkey did they feel any anxiety or concern about just walking into town and walking up to this home and taking the donkey? Did they feel they were doing something risky or wrong or maybe even illegal, you know? Did it ever cross their mind that, that they might really be questioned or confronted or, or even arrested? Or whatever the Roman equivalent was of arrest, you know, for taking something that didn't belong to them, even if it was Jesus who said to take it. Did even a question about that run through their minds? And if so, why did they go ahead and do it anyway? Did you ever wonder about that? Anybody else ever wonder about that? I mean, you know, to take a donkey is a big deal. Now, you, you don't really think about it that way today because, you, you know, when's the last time you heard of a donkey theft, you know? But back in Jesus' time, donkeys were significant. They were, they were way too expensive for most people to own. Uh, in our American culture, anyway, a car or, or a truck would be close in purpose to a donkey, uh, to what a donkey was used for in the first century. And cars today, here in this culture, are way more commonly owned than donkeys were back then. And if you steal a car today, I mean, that's a big deal, isn't it? In some places and in some instances, it can be a felony. Uh, so how do you suppose the disciples felt? What ran through their minds when Jesus asked him to slip in there and, and let's say, appropriate this donkey? Um, I think there was at least some tension 
or, or anxiousness, uh, at the very least, some amount of wonder was going through their minds as they were untying the leads there, looking around, <laughs> you know, and begin as they would to, to walk away. Uh, I mean, to, to put it into context, it really isn't much different than one of us getting into someone else's car in their driveway, starting it up, putting it in gear, backing it out into the street. I mean, can you imagine doing that? Not knowing if the owner is watching you through the window and going to come running out of the house to see what's going on. They come out to you and they say, what are you doing? And, and imagine just answering back, um, the Lord needs this. And he'll send it back in a bit. You know? I mean, how do you suppose that would go if you tried doing that on your street today? You can try it if you want. Uh, can you imagine? You know, they come out. What do you Well, the Lord needs it. What are you talking about? Who's the Lord? And how do I know he's going to bring it back? Or you're going to bring it back? Or anybody? No, you stay right there. I'm calling the cops. Right there. So how did this whole donkey sharing arrangement happen anyway? You know, have you ever wondered that? Uh, there's speculation about that. There's a couple different theories on it. Some think that Jesus, knowing that he would be going to Jerusalem and everything that would happen to them there, some people think that Jesus made the arrangement with the owner on an earlier trip. Uh, he set it all up. He got their permission weeks or, or maybe even months before this moment. Um, and and that, that could be possible, yeah. Um, at the same time, others think this was just an expression of his divine power. You know, that Jesus just sort of miraculously made the donkey owner predisposed to let them just take it. Was one of those the case? Was there another explanation? You know, we don't know. And this side of glory, we probably won't know exactly how that came to be. But you see... Apparently, neither did the disciples back then know. And yet they still did what Jesus told them to do. Even, even something that was challenging. Uh, something that certainly seemed strange to them. Uh, something that, that rather pushed maybe against their mores. Like, you really just want us to go up there and take it? Uh, it seemed at least risky and even dangerous to a degree. And yet they still did it. Why? Why'd they do it? There's only one reason. They did it because they trusted Jesus. They truly trusted Jesus. Uh, you see, by this time, those disciples had been with him long enough they, they had seen enough of his, his power. They'd watched enough amazing things happen at just the command of his word. Or, or maybe the, the touch of his hand. They had witnessed enough to know that even though it may seem strange or, or even dangerous, if Jesus was involved in it, somehow it was going to work out. They knew that. Because they remembered 
They remembered that time uh, three years or so, a little, a little less than three years before, when after a long and utterly worthless night of fishing, Jesus told them, try it again. Let down your nets in, in the, the deep water. And even though they were tired, and even though everyone knew it was the wrong time of day to fish, he told them to give it one more shot, and so they did. And they caught so many fish that their nets began to break. You know, they remembered that. They remembered how Jesus was able to tell not just these wild, chaotic spirits within certain people, but also he could even tell the wind and the waves of the sea what to do. And they did it. They all did it. They remembered that. They remembered how Jesus caused food and lots of it to just appear miraculously on two separate occasions at least. When Jesus told him, go into town and you'll find this donkey and, and, and borrow it. When Jesus told him to do that, even though they may have paused for a moment, they quickly remembered how Jesus had miraculously healed Peter's mother-in-law and the man with leprosy, and the Roman centurion's servant, and that fellow that had been born blind, and, and others, and lots of others. Lots of others. In fact, they remember how Jesus even raised from the dead that, that son of that widow from Nain. And they would never forget Jesus raising his friend Lazarus up. From the dead, out of the tomb. He just shouted into the tomb, Lazarus, come out. And he did. He just walked out. He was struggling a little bit because he was still wrapped in the clothes he'd been buried in. You know, try to walk. They don't expect you to walk after you're wrapped in those things. You see, what the disciples had come to understand was that Jesus was the kind of guy that well, when you were with him... Things just always went his way. Things just always worked out. When Jesus was around, when Jesus was involved, good stuff just happened. He was someone who could be counted on. Utterly counted on. Even in hard situations, even in strange situations, even in dangerous situations, even in situations that seemed Completely humanly impossible. If Jesus was there, somehow things would turn out okay. So in this moment, when Jesus said, go and borrow the donkey, it was their recollections of all these past moments, all these past events, and far more than just these that I mentioned, you know. It was the disciples remembering these that pushed them on and gave them confidence and, and caused him to think, well, if Jesus did that, and he did that, and he did that, and he did that yesterday, and last week, and, and uh, last year, if Jesus did that already, then it only makes sense that he'll work this out today. It was the evidence of Jesus' ability in days past that gave them the peace to trust him for today, you see. And so they did just that. They did just as he said. And when they did, what happened, happened then, just as he said. And all was well. 
at least for today, right? Palm Sunday. Now, later on, uh, later that week on the Friday of that very same week, Jesus' uh, undefeated record, you might say, um, would appear to get broken. And for a time, the disciples would become confused and they would be disappointed and, and disillusioned. That all would happen at the end of the week. But not yet. Not, not today. Not on Palm Sunday. Everything they'd seen in Jesus, everything they believed about Jesus, everything that had caused them to trust Jesus completely, all of that gave them the peace to do whatever he asked, knowing it would work out in the end. That's why they did as he asked about the donkey. Jesus had proven himself trustworthy. And when you can trust a person, right? When you can trust a person, that gives you the confidence and peace to do just about anything they ask. And the very same, of course, is true today. When you don't trust someone, when you don't really trust a person, that's when you want assurances, and that's when you want contracts. Sign here. And you want consideration. Give me a little bit of money. If you say you're going to take this, I want some money ahead to be sure of it. Uh, that's when you want prenuptial agreements when you don't trust the person. Because deep down you wonder if they're really going to do what they say they're going to do. But when you really trust somebody, when someone has a proven track record with us, well, that's a different thing. That's a different thing. We don't need any of that kind of stuff with a person like that. We don't need any of that kind of stuff with Jesus because we can see from all of his past interactions with people, people of scripture, people you and I know today, people sitting right here in this place with us, we can know, we can trust that Jesus will do whatever he says he'll do. So we can trust him with our lives and we can trust him with our decisions. We can trust him in what he tells us to do. Based on what we've seen in him in days and lives past, we can trust that he will do right by us. And that means that we can live doing as he asks of us in utter peace. There's no reason to be conflicted. There's no reason to be anxious. There's no reason to worry. There's no reason for any of that. We can live doing as he asks of us in utter peace. That peace is available to you and me, to every one of us today, if we'll just accept and trust in all that Jesus has already done. He's not going to lead us into trouble. He's not going to lead us into error. He will only lead us into the best lives that we can live. For his glory. If we'll trust him for that, then we'll live lives of peace. And that is the question. Are you trusting him for that? As you follow him day by day, do you keep in mind all that he's already done? All the ways he's already been trustworthy 
and, and faithful. That's the way to live a life of peace, following Jesus, reciting over and over again, bringing to mind the ways he's already provided and already helped and healed and led and comforted. The evidence of yesterday is where peace for tomorrow comes from. What is Jesus asking of you today? Uh, what donkey is he asking you to borrow? Whatever it is, whatever it is, you, you can, with total peace in your heart, you can say, sure, Jesus, I will do that. I will go there. I will be that. I'll give that. I'll attempt that. I'll trust you in this because I remember what you've already done. As we come to the Lord's table here. Uh, maybe God's spirit is already speaking to you about some, um, let's call it a donkey situation in your life, okay? Uh, that you have not so far had peace about. You know that Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to, but you're, eh. will you trust Jesus today for that peace to do as he asks you to do? You can find that even here at his table. Ask him for that peace. Ask him to bring to mind all he's already done and that his spirit would fill you with peace for what he has for you to do in the days to come.